Our reading this morning is taken from Acts chapter 2, verses 1 to 13. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now, there were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard the sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard them speaking in his own language. Utterly amazed, they asked, are not all these men who are speaking Galileans? Then how is it that each of us hears them in his own native language? Parthians, Medes, and Elamites, residents of Mesopotamia, Judea and Cappadocia, Pontus and Asia, Phrygia and Pamphylia, Egypt and parts of Libya near Cyrene, visitors of Rome, both Jews and converts to Judaism, Cretans and Arabs, we hear them declaring the wonders of God in our own tongues. Amazed and perplexed, they asked one another, what does this mean? Some, however, made fun of them and said, they've had too much wine. This is the word of the Lord. Well, good morning, everyone. A really warm welcome. And again, welcome if you're new here and to everyone joining us online. And it's a real joy to be speaking on this Pentecost Sunday as we were just singing about in that beautiful time of worship, the day when we celebrate with billions of, millions of Christians all around the world, the birth of the church, the day that changed everything, when the promised Holy Spirit was poured out over Jews of many nations as they gather together in one place. And as we've just heard, what looked like tongues of fire rested on each and every one of them. And today in our series, Holy Here, what I wanna look at together this morning, I wanna speak about this holy fire of God. How does the Holy Spirit make us holy, make us more like Jesus? Because as we saw on the day of Pentecost, as we read about this morning, it was through no particular denomination, program, strategy, budget, you name it, that the church grew. But it was through the Spirit's power, through God's holy presence resting on each of the believers gathered there in that place. And it was from that day that the church grew and has continued to grow over 2,000 years later. Confession time, pre-coming to this church, before I would have called myself a Christian, if you'd have asked me about the word holiness, what I sort of associated it with, in all honesty, my kind of idea of holiness was that it kind of just made you a little bit boring, that to be a Christian was to sort of lose the fun in your life, was to some ways commit social suicide. How wrong I was, because holiness is anything but boring. Following Jesus certainly doesn't mean an easy life or a straightforward life. It means, but it does make life more of an adventure following him. And as Stephen spoke about last week as he introduced our series on what it means to be holiness, 
Holiness is so much more than just good moral living, then it's about obedience, but it's deeply personal. It's a highly relational call from God to be wholly his, to be set apart, to belong fully to him. A holy life is a heart that is set on fire with love for God, and it's what each of us was made for. So as we consider the holy fire of God together today, I wanna just look briefly at four different aspects of this holy fire. Firstly, the holy fire of God sparks us into new life. As we look as a quick kind of tour of the Bible, fire often represented, particularly in the Old Testament, the presence of God. Often when God met with individuals like Abraham and Moses, there was fire in that place to represent God in the midst of them. When God led the Israelites through the wilderness, he led them with a pillar of fire representing his presence with them. But always, again and again in the Old Testament, we see the Spirit of God resting on a particular person at a particular place. But there was always this growing sense of expectation that one day God would visit all people. And the prophets prophesied a day when God's Spirit would be poured out on all flesh when God's people would be marked by his presence. We read in Joel chapter two, verse 28, he says, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh, all flesh. There'll be no distinction between between race, gender, and class. So on the day of Pentecost, we see this long-awaited time, the fulfillment as the sovereign act of God, a decisive moment when the spirit fell as we sing in that song, King of Kings, when the spirit lit the flame and the church of Christ was born. And so the first thing to take hold of this morning is that we cannot be holy unless we have the spirit of God living within us. Later on when Peter is preaching off the back of this amazing time of Pentecost where the spirit has been poured out on these people to gather together, he's explaining what's happening and he says, repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit. To be a Christian is to have the Holy Spirit of God living inside you. And there's an invitation today to receive the gift of that new life, to receive the gift of his precious Holy Spirit. You know, it's one thing to kind of read about someone, to to perhaps even follow them on social media, to keep up to date with them in the news, than it is to actually know them personally. And on the day of Pentecost, we see it was not just something that happened kind of in a head knowledge kind of way, it was a deeply felt experience reality as the fire of God was resting on every single person there. And the thing is, you can't go near fire and not feel the effect of it. You can't not feel warmth as you get nearer fire. And on the cross, through his crucifixion, Jesus opened up a way for each and every one of us to come near to God, to be set free, to be filled with his spirit. And the beautiful thing that the spirit of God does is brings us into that nearness that we were made for with God. As we read in Romans chapter 8, for those who are led by the Spirit of God become children of God. The Spirit you receive, it adopts you into God's family, no longer distant and far off, but being given that Spirit by which we cry, Abba, Father. 
And the Holy Spirit is a person. He comes to bring us into a living, intimate relationship with God. He always points us closer to Jesus. And a burning heart is a heart that has been sparked by an encounter with the living God, with his holy presence. As I look around this room today, there's so many people with so many different stories that we could all share, I'm sure, of what, how our lives have been marked by the, the ways in which we've been touched by God. And it's amazing, in these past months, this past year really, we've seen so many people come in and experience God in unique ways. And uh, yeah, there's many, many different experiences in this room, but as I said earlier, you know, my experience before coming to this church of holiness was not a positive one. But when a friend brought me here to St. Aldate's, I was so grateful that she invited me along, even though I probably seemed like the last person that would have ever wanted to go to church. When I came into this building, I was met with an overwhelming sense of the love of God. It was like the Father's arms were open wide to me to come back to him. And in worship, it really was like I was opening myself again to that living water, that living relationship that I was made for. And I just remember kneeling and saying, Jesus, I'm sorry. Can I come back to you? And his light just flooded me. That was the beginning of my walk with Jesus, of following him. And in the year that followed, it was amazing how many things in my life did just sort of begin to, things seemed to, that I wanted to do before seemed to change my desires. I seemed to kind of find this new way of living. But there was still a bit of fair amount of fear and shame that I was carrying around with me. I ended up doing the School of Ministry that we were hearing about earlier, and I can definitely recommend it. It was an amazing, amazing program. And um, during that time, I had another experience with an encounter with the Holy Spirit that changed everything for me. I'd been praying for a while, God, use me and mold me and shape me into who you want me to be. I just kept praying this prayer. I didn't really know what I was praying. Sometimes you've got to be careful what you pray for, but I just kept saying, God, yeah, mold me into who you want me to be. And we were having a day here in the church, um, where we're hearing more teaching on the Holy Spirit. And I remember hearing these stories of people's experience of being filled with the Holy Spirit in a significant way and the impact that that had had on their life. And I remember actually it was in the beginning of the day, there's a time of worship. The only way I can describe it was as if I was ambushed by the love of God. And I began to experience a nearness to him like never before. It was like this heat was coming over me. It was almost as if I couldn't move under the weight of what experience of God's holy presence. And I remember coming forward for prayer. And it was as if I was being, like electricity had been plugged into me. I felt like my mouth was on fire. There was heat coming over me. And someone prayed over me in that moment, it's time to take off the cloak of your reputation. It's not who you are anymore. And I did just experience this freedom from shame, this freedom from what I've been carrying before like never before, as God's Holy Spirit filled me afresh. And what was significant about that day is it wasn't just an experience that happened in this building. That very same afternoon, I had some friends that were worshiping and doing kind of some outreach out on Broad Street just in the city center. And before that, that is kind of the last thing I would have ever imagined myself doing. Um, but I just found myself compelled to go out, like I wanted to join them. And I went, and they were singing and worshiping and having a good time. And I was like, okay, I'm going to join in. And you know, that same nearness to God was there with me as I was out there 
on the streets. It was like his presence stayed with me. And I remember as I began joining in with them, I bumped into a friend from uni, and she was like, Em, what are you doing? And I thought, oh, okay, I've got to go public here. And then I was like, well, I'm, I'm worshipping, and um, ended up having a great conversation with her and just chatting a bit about life and what had been going on recently. And amazingly, she came to Alpha that following week. You know, you can't be sparked by the Holy Spirit and stay the same. And it's not about the experience. We don't preach our experiences, but what it is is to know that you have been touched by the living God. And it looks different for all of us in different places. Sometimes it's just a deep sense of peace, of a nearness to God. It was Tozer, the preacher, that said, no one was ever filled with the Spirit without knowing. And my question and invitation to each of you today is have you experienced the fire of God in your life? Have you experienced a deep knowing, a knowing of his love for you? Like I said, our faith isn't based on the evidence of this, but it's based on the power of the one in whom we meet. And I always believe a greater experience of this love, a greater experience of his deep, unending love for us, leads us into a deeper place of holiness. That fire of God sparks more of his love. And then following Jesus putting into practice his teachings, following what he has for us, comes not from a place of duty, but from delight. Which brings me secondly to the power of God, the fire of God, it sanctifies us. Now that word sanctify, it's just can kind of seem like a little relig- bit of a religious word, but it just means to purify and to cleanse, to make us holy. Again, in the Old Testament, when the fire of God's presence fell, it was on a particular place, Um, or a temple, or in the sanctuary where God's people met, where he met with his people. When Israel built the temple, the fire fell on the altar to represent God dwelling in the midst of his people. But this is what's so incredible on the day of Pentecost, the moment when the tongues of fire fell on each and every person gathered there, is that now people no longer had to go into this one place to meet with God but the temple becomes built up of ordinary men and women filled with God's Holy Spirit, received by faith, trusting in him. In 1 Peter chapter 2, we read, as you come to him, the living stone rejected by humans, but chosen by God and precious to him, you also, like living stones, are being built into a spiritual house. Our hearts become a resting place for the Holy Spirit his presence dwelling within us. And we get to carry his presence into the world around us. But the thing about fire is that it also, as well as sets us ablaze, but it also destroys impurities and cleanses and purifies. I did have a slightly traumatic experience with fire on Pentecost a few years ago. It wasn't in church, I'm glad to say. Um, It was actually before church, early one morning on Pentecost Sunday. I'd gone with a few friends to a nice spot just outside of Oxford. We thought we'd just make the most of a lovely sunny day, a bit like today, and um, cook some bacon on on one of those disposable barbecues um, and watch the sunrise. So we had a lovely morning together, watching the sunrise, had our breakfast, Kind of about an hour had passed, the barbecue had gone out, put water on it, put it in a bag, carried it back. And we got to the car park, and I had a kind of split second where I thought, I saw the bin, and I thought, oh no, I'll be, you know, a good citizen. I'm not going to leave the barbecue kind of in the bin. I'm going to put it in the boot of my car. Put it in the boot of my car. We go on another little walk. 
how enjoy our walk, get back over the hill. And as we're coming back over the hill towards this car park, which really isn't near much at all, it's in a remote area, I find my car burnt out all around the back with safety tape all wrapped around it. You have those out-of-body experiences. You're like, what has just happened? I get into the front door, open, open the front door and find a letter from the Thames Valley Fire Brigade. I was like, how kind of them. And so this letter says at approximately whatever time it was, we were called to a small fire in this car park. We found a fire in the boot of your car. We extinguished the fire. Please call if you have any questions. I was like... <laughs> I have so many questions. Oh my goodness, praise God, nothing um, kind of more bad had happened. Um, my car was in a pretty bad state. The fire could continue to burn out the whole boot of the car. But here's the thing, you know, we had done everything to put that barbecue out. It wasn't like negligence, I hadn't just kind of shoved it in there burning hot. We'd done what we could, but it was a hot day and that fire reignited. And you know, we can't be asking to be filled with more of God's presence and not expect the fire to want to keep burning within us. No matter how far you feel you may have wandered away or how small that flame may feel inside of you, as you read in Isaiah, an embering wick he will not snuff out. He always wants to burn more of his holy fire within us, but that fire will burn away things that are not of him. As Paul writes in 1 Corinthians, do you not know that your bodies are a temple of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Spirit of God? You were bought with a price, therefore honor God with your bodies. We can't ask to be filled with more of the Spirit and expect to be the same. It's very hard, in fact, it's exhausting sometimes to try and live in God's ways and the ways of the world. God always wants to continue to burn away the stuff in us that separates us from him. That's actually what that word sanctify means. Its root meaning in the Old Testament has to do with just cutting off. And sometimes it can feel costly to follow Jesus as we surrender, as we walk in his ways. But he is so worth it. And I truly believe when we get to glory, when we get to see him face to face, that anything that we've had to sacrifice, give up for him, will seem so small in comparison to the joy of knowing him. And you know, when I became a Christian, some things kind of immediately began to change, and I'm sure many of you can testify to that, but much of it has been an ongoing process of sanctification of the Holy Spirit moving and changing within me. And if our hearts are to become more and more of that resting place for the Spirit of God, then there are things that might need to come down, other idols in our hearts that we might need to repent of and ask them to be removed so that more of God can come and fill us. You know, in a city like Oxford, I think the idol of making a name for ourselves can be so um, tempting to draw, draw along to, whatever it is though. But, you know, the Holy Spirit doesn't come to bring uh, accusation and guilt. He comes to bring freedom and life, to make us into more like living more like Jesus, to be better friends, better colleagues, better spouses. And you know, sometimes this change does happen immediately. Sometimes it can happen in a time of you know, worship and prayer, but often it's just in our daily walk of growing more and more like him. 
Our church, as we look around, we're so blessed with amazing team of camera people and amazing AV who make everything possible, who make it so we can stream our services um, all around the world. But recently, our church underwent a rewiring project where they had to redo all the electricity, the cables in the church, in order that we could kind of operate in the way we needed to operate. Stuff was outdated and wasn't good for service anymore. And in a way, I kind of prophetically feel like that's what God longs to do by his spirit in our church today is if you like rewire us so that we're not living in our old ways and according to our own plans and purposes but he might allow his spirit to flow in and through us so that we can live more fully from a place of knowing him and the power of his spirit. You know it's often said that the church is to be a hospital not a museum a place where we can come broken with everything that is going on in our lives and I love that and I love seeing people from all different walks of life coming into this place and gathering. But you know, the Holy Spirit doesn't want us to stay trapped in that place of brokenness. He wants to set us free and bring us in to wholeness. So if you're hungry for more of God to be set ablaze with his love, my encouragement to you today is to open up your heart afresh to him, to say, search me, Spirit of God, what other things am I might be burning for that are not ye? What are the idols in my heart that you might want to come and bring freedom into that place today as we repent and receive his forgiveness, receive God's mercy afresh? Which brings me thirdly to the fact that fire, the Holy Spirit, the fire of God sustains us. You know, on Pentecost, we see this extraordinary encounter of the believers being set apart, of tongues of fire resting on them, then being sent out into the world, and more on that in just a moment. But we also read throughout the book of Acts that the believers are filled and then have to go on being filled by the Spirit. It's not just a one-time thing. You know, we can have these powerful encounters with God and then, you know, get back to kind of the Monday morning and suddenly just you wake up on the wrong side of the bed or perhaps you get annoyed at, on your commute to work or your family or just fall back into patterns that you know are unhealthy. And you think, where has all that lovely holiness gone that I was experiencing on Sunday? Or the storms of life may come. An unexpected diagnosis or being hurt by people that you could, thought you could trust. Where is that holy fire? But thankfully, the holy fire of God is not based on our own ability to keep it flame, to keep the flame burning. As Moses encountered God in that burning bush, the burning bush did not burn up. And I was really encouraged this week reading about Charles Wesley on the day of Pentecost. He was an Oxford man, an amazing man who studied here and wrote, I think, over 6,000 hymns, many of which we sing today. And on Pentecost in 1738, he had a powerful encounter with the Holy Spirit, you can read about in his journals where he experienced a new sense of peace, of just knowledge of the saving grace of God. But what I kind of found encouraging this week is to read that, you know, it was on, in his journal on that day of Pentecost, he recorded this amazing encounter with God. But then only a few days later, on the following Saturday, the 3rd of June, it's as if he's having a real meltdown. Um, this is what he describes in his journal. He says, my deadness continued and the next day increase. I rose exceedingly heavy and averse to prayer, so that I almost resolved not to go to church, which I had not been able to do. When I did go, the prayers and sacraments were exceedingly grievous to me, and I could not help myself but asking, what is the difference between what I am now and where I was before believing? Immediately answered, 
that the darkness was not like the former darkness, because I was satisfied there was no guilt within it, because I was assured it would be dispersed, and because though I could not find I loved God or feel that he loved me, yet I did and would believe he loved me notwithstanding. Here's a man who went on to write thousands of hymns for God to be used by God in such a powerful way, and yet he had times where he doubted if God really knew him and loved him, but yet the difference that the Holy Spirit had made in his life, the darkness was not like the darkness before. I knew that he loved me still. And you know, thankfully, the Holy Spirit sustaining us isn't based on our feelings day to day as we go up and down. Our holiness flows from his grace and love and mercy towards us first. And actually, more often than not, the more we're pursuing God and his holiness, his righteousness, the more we're going after him, often we do face more battles, things that come up against us. You know, as we read in the um, account of Pentecost, when people looked on and saw everyone praising God in different languages, some were just completely perplexed by what was going on, accusing them of being drunk in the morning. You know, sometimes people, when we're following God, trusting in his ways, they're going to doubt and question what is going on. But as we read again in the, in the New Testament that God has overcome the world and the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. And that same power that brought Jesus from the grave lives within us. And so there is no situation that is too hopeless for the Holy Spirit, no place that needs reconciliation that can't experience his peace and his presence. And so how do we keep that? fire of God sustaining us in our day-to-day when we face trials. Well, fire always falls on sacrifice. God provides the fire, but we provide the sacrifice. And, you know, often I look at those further on in their faith journey than me, who have experienced the ups and downs and trials of life. And often they're people that we might never hear about written in books or up on a platform, but just faithful people who still have a childlike wonder and joy in following Jesus. And what I've observed in them is a lifelong pursuit of surrender to God, even from a place of weakness, of trusting in him, of drawing deeply from him each day, which is why we need to come back again and again to the foot of the cross, to go on being filled with holy fire. We can't get to Pentecost without Easter. We must come back to that place of surrender. If we wanna be more captivated by him, if we wanna live holy lives, we must offer ourselves again and again each day, saying, Jesus, fill me afresh, I need you. I need your holy presence within me. Which brings me finally to the fact that the fire spreads. On the day of Pentecost, We see what happened gathered there in that upper room, spread out as the believers went out into the nations of the world, as people, not just Jews, from every different walk of life began to experience Jesus Christ and his saving love for them. And they spoke in other languages as the Spirit enabled them. And there was a beautiful unity of worship going on, a picture of people gathered around the throne of God in Revelation. And the preaching flowed out onto the streets as Jesus promised, you know, but you will receive power from the Holy Spirit and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and in all Judea and Samaria to the ends of the earth. They were no longer fearful and afraid. They went out into the streets. And as we read, over 3,000 people were saved in that one day. Can you imagine 3,000 people saved in one day? 
And so we can't be in here praying, come Holy Spirit, fill us, if we're not then willing to go with the Spirit to the places that he sends us. But you know, the beautiful thing is that even throughout church history in the darkest times where it seems like all hope is lost for the church, that actually times of revival, times where the church has experienced renewal and gone on to impact the world, it's often marked by a greater awareness of the Spirit's presence and by an awareness of the holiness of God. And it's beautiful what is happening around us right now as we're seeing people come into this place just feeling compelled to come in and experiencing the power at work, hearing stories of people getting to have conversations with their colleagues in so many unique opportunities. There's a growing hunger for God in worship, but there are still so many people living in darkness who have never heard of the beautiful invitation to know and be set free and follow Jesus. And so no one is disqualified, whether you've known Jesus 20 minutes or 20 years or however many years, God wants to fill you afresh with his spirit, with his fire today, and see you be a carrier of his holy presence into the world around you. And you know, sometimes the adventure of following Jesus can lead us to a person across the other side of the room that we wouldn't normally speak to, or sometimes it can lead us to the other side of the world. But whatever path that takes, there's nothing that is more amazing than being set apart and set ablaze by the love of God. In a moment, we're gonna worship and take a moment to respond to all that God is doing, to wait on the Lord and if the band would like to come up. But, you know, our own efforts to be holy, if we're doing it in our own strength, will always run out. We need to be clothed afresh with power from on high. We need his fresh fire today to spark us into new life, to sanctify us to purify our hearts, to sustain us through the ups and downs of life so that we might spread his fire into the world around us. And that same spirit that set the believers ablaze with love all those years ago on Pentecost is the same spirit that longs to do that afresh today. So can I invite you to stand and we're gonna pray together.